papers are biased, the Idaho Press Club are biased, all media, newspaper, radio. To be completely blunt here, Brian, and there are plans to expand indoctrination. That's right. Well, Idahoans are also concerned. Horror shot. That line would be moving a little bit farther west. I'm like crying. Nobody wants to Dark see. Dark money is influencing policy in our state. Well, that's not how this works. Hello there, I'm Brian Hyde. Welcome to Know Where to Hide. Glad you could join me today, and I'm here to cast some serious doubts on our legacy and corporate media. It's, you know, something I actually, I kind of enjoy doing it only because of the many years that I've worked within media, but also I perceive there is a huge need for it. And uh, one, of the, one of the great examples of this, let me, let me just dive right in. Tucker Carlson announces that he is going to relaunch his program. He was deplatformed from Fox uh, just a few weeks or a few days ago, rather. And uh, look at the CNN headline. I mean, they don't even try to, to give any pretense. You know, they couldn't even say controversial figure, Tucker Carlson. Nope. Right-wing extremist. I mean, they just come right out and, and this, I guess that's the label that they're going to go with is going to relaunch his program on Twitter, a platform praised as the only remaining large free speech platform in the world after Fox News fired him late last month. Now, look, I, I'm not going to pretend Tucker Carlson is, of course, the he's the one man who will save us by telling us the truth. But the guy did speak a lot of truth, more so than most of his corporate media counterparts. And and he can tell you from, you know, growing up with a father who was in the media, as well as his own media career, uh, there's there's a lot of deception that takes place. And it's not so much big, bold, audacious lies. By the way, right-wing extremist. I mean, that's just, that's name-calling. That's that's junior high school uh, variety labeling going on there. But it's it's the omission of facts or it's the omission of context and perspective that leads people to make faulty conclusions. And, and the, the corporate media is planning on you or they're counting on you not being inquisitive enough or intellectually honest enough to actually do any of the fact-checking for yourself. So kudos to those who find the time to do it and who, who make sure that uh, people in powerful positions are being held accountable. But uh, don't be surprised now when you see that, uh, well, you know, anybody who's, who's not doing exactly as we say is now being labeled as an extremist. Let me give you an example of what this looks like. This is uh, an editorial from the uh, Coeur d'Alene Press. Extremism is about to face a serious adversary. I mean, that's, that's a catchy headline, you know, from, from an atomic headline point of view. Okay, that's grab, that grabs the listener. Really? What kind of extremism? And who's the serious adversary that it's about to face? Well, this is kind of a fancy way of saying that, uh, boy, we're going to get enough people to finally vote these conservatives out in Idaho. By golly, <laughs> that's what we're going to do. The editorial says, contrary to popular belief or counter to popular belief, Idaho's are you ready for this? Staggering shift to the far right did not begin with Donald Trump's election in 2016. Actually, you, you know where it began? I can tell you, uh, you know, it began actually long before I was born, probably before you were born as well. It began back when people still had a clear understanding of right and wrong and a willingness to embrace reality, even if reality sometimes wasn't the prettiest thing that uh, was before them. It was only when people started to get into political correctness and identity politics that suddenly, oh, it's a terrible shift to the far right. Other than that, it's normal people. And no, that's not just conservative people. That's normal people who understood that uh, there is right and wrong. There's appropriate and inappropriate. There's decent and indecent. But anybody who acknowledges that today, well, you, my friend, are uh, part of that staggering shift to the far right. 
Now, they say the seeds of the seismic shift were sown about a half decade before that. In 2011, the state Republican Party convinced the courts to close the party's primary elections. On the surface, that made sense. Why would members of another party determine who would best represent one's own party? You see where this is going? But the problem in Idaho involves the many unaffiliated conservative-leaning voters. While the state Democratic Party welcomes primary participation from independents, this potentially enormous voting bloc is shut out of Republican decision-making at its most critical juncture, selecting the very best candidates to represent the party in general elections. Now, this has taken a number of different forms, but I've seen this now in a couple of states. Utah, with its caucus convention system, uh, wanted to, uh, there, there were people who were concerned, well, you know, these delegates are simply uh, vetting the candidates who who are, you know, most in accordance with what they believe is right. And, and in this case, you know, I'm, I'm going to use the example of the Republican Party platform. And it's true. Delegates were assigned. They were, okay, this is how it worked. You showed up at your precinct meeting. Your neighbors would say, Brian, we trust you. We trust your judgment. We want you to represent us at the county convention or the state convention. You go as a delegate and make sure that we get good candidates who represent our values. Now, that's not people who are all marching in lockstep, but it's people who have a pretty solid agreement. In this case, again, the Republican Party platform was a pretty good rallying point. Maybe some would disagree with some points and agree with others, but it seemed like a good common ground from which to begin. And at that point, the delegates would go to the various conventions and they would grill the candidates and they would do this outside of the convention as well. But the idea was in those conventions, they determined who would actually be on the ballot for the elections. These closed primaries in Idaho, at least for the Republican Party, serve the very same purpose. It's not about a big free for all. Everybody come. Everybody throw their name in the hat. It's about who can the party most likely elect, because that's why political parties exist. But apparently, you know, to the Coeur d'Alene press, well, that's, a, that's a huge shift to the right. No, it's protection against activism on the part of the left and people coming in and participating in these primaries just to, you know, to, to flood the, the votes with, with a candidate that really doesn't stand a chance in the general election. It's, it's there to hamstring and to cause mischief. And the Republican Party was right to say we don't want that. So when they say it's the most critical juncture in selecting the very best candidates, it is critical that you select those candidates. And yes, when, when we when we operate under a representative government, you are delegating some of that authority to your friends and neighbors who show up for their precinct meetings and then go represent you at the state convention. All right, back to the back to the editorial. What far right Republican leaders understood in back in 2011 was that if they could silence the independent voice in the candidate selection process, Independents tending to lean right, but with more moderate views than extremist GOP leaders. That's a false dilemma that they're giving you there. Why are these just independent, moderate people? Just They just wanted good governance. But no, there, there were people who would come in and say one thing and then govern very differently. By the way, in the Magic Valley area where I live, this is a huge problem. We have a number of Republican legislators who were elected. Boy, they talk the talk when it's time for election. Well, yes, I am very pro-Second Amendment, very pro-low taxes, very pro-little government. But when they get to the state house, when they're actually legislating, they're just like their Democrat counterparts. But then again, they say that uh, the, the far-right Republican leaders understood that if they could just silence those, those ones who play the game, the politicians will say whatever they have to say in order to get elected and do whatever they have to do to stay elected. Well, then extremist candidates would have a far better chance to advance to general elections. Now, what they're calling extremist candidates 
you know, it's a very subjective word. They never really seem to qualify it as, well, if we say it's extremist, you better believe it is. What, what they're calling extremists, though, for the most part is, again, people who have principles or people who understand government needs to be limited. It doesn't have carte blanche to do whatever the people think that it should do. There are some things that are appropriate for it to do and right for government to do, and there are things where it really shouldn't be involved at all. And that's an extreme thing, but hey, such are the times that we live in. All right, back to the editorial. And in general elections, Democrats are often overwhelmingly outnumbered, so that's not where the threat lurks. The threat to extremist Republicans is from unaffiliated conservatives supporting candidates who prioritize people over party. No, it's from activists who pretend to be Republican and pretend to stand for the values of the Republican Party and then come in and try to govern as far to the left as they can get away with. Now, when groups like the Idaho Freedom Foundation release their Freedom Index, you get a very clear picture of which candidates talk the talk and which ones walk the walk. Candidates don't like that. For some reason, they think that's extreme. How dare you hold me accountable? But if you're if you're elected to represent people, then there needs to be accountability. And unfortunately, the accountability for, for far too many people holding positions in government is not to the people who elected them, but rather to the special interests that are going to fund, you know, their reelection campaign. It's a big game. And what the Republicans are doing by keeping their primaries closed is trying to limit the amount of gamesmanship that can be done within those primary elections. Now, the Coeur d'Alene Press says the far-right legislators now in control are so worried about losing their chokehold on lawmaking. That's projection, by the way. That's We are so worried that, uh, that we won't get our hands on power that they passed a bill this session to protect the closed primary. Yes, they, they actually passed a bill that rejected the uh, so-called uh, ranked choice voting. These are the same legislators who keep trying to usurp citizens' right to override the legislature via the initiative process, like the one that expanded Medicaid five years ago with 61% voter support. I'm not calling the voters dumb, but I am definitely going to suggest it's a lot easier to fool the mass of voters than it is to fool a legislator who's accountable and who has to study these issues and has to, to really be fluent in how much, uh, you know, what goes on here. How is this money being spent? How are we justifying being, you know, the spending of this money? That's tedious. And for a lot of people, no, 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 no. I, just, I just trust them to handle it. And you, you guys take care of the hard stuff. Don't bother me with it. Well, they're there to represent you. So in representative government, you have got to make sure that, uh, that you're actually letting them represent. This is not a pure democracy. This is not where 50% plus one get to vote and say, we all think that, that Bill should give us his cow. And uh, because 50% plus one said so, Bill, sorry, but your cow is now ours. Nope. We have a republic form of government, which means that the laws limit government just as much as they would limit any of us. If it would be wrong for me to steal Bill's cow, no matter how much I want it, it would be wrong for the citizens to get together and vote. We should take Bill's cow. Okay. Same principle applies when it comes to your representation. This is not a matter of we're just trying to make it harder for people's voice to be heard. It's a matter of we're trying to prevent mischief being sold to the public under the guise of, hey, this is going to make all your dreams come true. Vote for Pedro, you know, kind of mentality without any of the, the responsibility and the accountability that goes with it. And again, I, I'm not telling you that voters are stupid. I'm suggesting they are easily swayed and they're far more easily steered. And that's why in any question, 
where a politician knows I either have to convince other politicians to go along with this or I have to convince, you know, people who are accountable to the voters to go along with it or try to convince the voters themselves. They'll go for the voters every time because it's so easy to play on their fears or to play upon their their emotions in order to get them to do something. And yes, that that applies to all of us. We've all stood in the voting booth at one time or another looking at the names and going, oh, boy. I don't really know about this person or I don't really know about this issue, but uh, I'll wet my finger and, you know, stick it up in the air and see what way I feel like voting. So, you know, just I'm, I'm not trying to make you feel bad or make you feel like you're dumb because, you know, you're, you're just a, a, a citizen. But in masses, people are not as smart as they are individually. And especially where there's accountability, which there is under representative government. You know, you're going to be able to pull a lot more hijinks and expand government beyond what it's supposed to be. Medicaid is a good example of this. How many millions and millions of dollars is being wasted right now because there are ineligible people still on those Medicaid rolls? Just just a thought. The strategy is clear, says the Coeur d'Alene Press, if they can shut out independent voters in the primaries and essentially eliminate the only way citizens can veto bad legislation or create legislation that lawmakers refuse to address themselves, then an extremist minority can continue to rule the majority unimpeded. You know, again, classic projection here. We want the majority so that we can tell you what to do. And as long as this extremist minority is insisting, nope, we have to follow the limits on government. Well, that's that is just too much for the Coeur d'Alene Press editorial writers, among others, to handle. Now they say, fortunately, groups of Idaho citizens from rank and file to former GOP leaders have joined joined forces to knock down the walls that now protect extremism in all levels of Idaho governance. On Wednesday, we'll explain how you can help Idaho shed its extremist shackles. Wow, drama much? No hyperbole to be found there. So, you know, if if it's really about power, and that's that's really what this comes down to, is how can we gain more power? How can we convince more people that the state is the answer to all of life's problems? Well, if you can convince them, hey, you you voted for this yourself, you want this. But it's not always what the public wants. Sometimes the public is just convinced by power seekers and opportunists that, oh, well, I guess you know, we all kind of went along with it, so we thought it was the best thing to do. There were proper things for government to do. There were improper things. And the system as it is with this closed primary may seem like, well, gee, that's, that's shutting some people out. But if you want to participate, and frankly, I consider myself one of those people who um, I don't identify as a Republican, but I will register Republican and I will vote as a Republican simply because I recognize that is where my influence can best be felt. I may identify more as a libertarian or I may identify more as a constitutionalist, but when it comes to where the actual power is right now, it's with the Republican Party. So, yeah, you might say, well, Brian, are you trying to undermine the Republican Party? Um, yeah, actually, I am to the extent that they don't follow their own party platform. See, I've actually read their platform, and it's it's a pretty solid platform if you can get those elected officials to follow it. But if they don't, well, then, you know, that's that's a whole different matter. All right, let's see what else we can do. Oh, I forgot. To, the, the statesman always has to get in on this kind of stuff. An editorial piece from Bob Kustra. It's about showing up at local elections by voting and supporting candidates who are committed to good government, not extreme government. I'd love to hear Bob explain or at least define what do you mean by good government and what do you mean by extreme government? Because I have a hunch 
And maybe I'm wrong, but I bet you his definition of good government is government that does anything the citizenry asks. Hey, we need more parks. Hey, we need more after school programs. Hey, you know, we need this. We need that. Let the taxpayers pay for it. Whereas extreme government would be those people who say that's not something government should be doing in the first place. No. Pretty extreme, wouldn't you say? I'm sure to Bob, it's it's very extreme. All right. This was a great story from the Idaho Tribune. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of controversy over inappropriate materials in the libraries. And apparently there was a, a meeting in uh, Kootenai County um, where there was a library debate in North Idaho. The incumbents came in to explain, we do not need to limit books. We don't need to, uh, to limit this material. And uh, Idaho Tribune reports uh, they didn't expect candidates Tim Plass and Tom Hanley to bring proof of the smut in the libraries or be well-prepared, articulate, reasonable, and popular. Those are the incumbents on the right. They don't look real happy. And what the uh, what the challengers there on the left are holding up, uh, it's, it's pretty smutty stuff. Both Tim and Tom came prepared with proof that the libraries have been providing sexually explicit materials to minors and weeding out classics to make room for these smut-filled fantasy novels for minors. Now, this is the book Identical. And you probably can't read the text. It's probably better because... It, it, it will sicken you. It's it's a, a very graphic description of a young girl having an incestuous encounter with her own father. This is available to kids. They call it what it is, incest child pornography in the Post Falls Library. And by the way, on the book, there's a sticker that says it was obtained from the Post Falls Library. You can still see the book is classified as young adult fiction in Wallace and Coeur d'Alene and Priest River. And when it was obtained from the Post Falls Library, it was still classified as young adult fiction. Now, someone here tried to, well, I'm holding a copy of the book, identical, that has a Post Falls Library sticker on it. This book isn't even in the card catalog for Post Falls. So where did that book come from? Look at the card catalog, and the only copy the community library has is a copy way overdue at, the, at Hayden, and its location is adult fiction. Nope. Nope. They got called out on their lie. And, and again, this is because there are people who have the time and have the wherewithal to actually dig a little deeper and find the truth. Now, the Cordelay, I'm sorry, the Idaho Tribune says, look, it would, be, it would be one thing if the library accidentally misidentified obscene and explicit books, but that's not what's going on here. The Community Library Network has shown the problem is systemic and they're covering it up. Is there any other reason why this book would be removed from the card catalog and reclassified as adult other than the fact it's election season? and the incumbent trustees are looking for a win? The porn pushers are clothing themselves in the language of libertarianism and freedom in an effort to trick conservative voters into voting for candidates that have allowed this problem to fester for years. It's true. Here's another book. This is called Deal With It. This is what Community Library Network trustees Judy Meyer and Regina McRae call educational materials. And it was in the 13-year-old section in our Idaho library. So the call here to vote for change on May 16th. Pretty wild stuff. I mean, what, what do you do? The, the evidence is there. Oh, by the way, this is, this is a great compilation of, you know, the people who say, look, we're just trying to live our lives. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of LGBTQ trans kind of uh, material finding its way into these libraries and it's aimed at kids. So maybe some of us are old enough to remember, you know, back when, uh, you know, the LGBT community was saying, hey, we're just trying to live our lives. Just leave us alone, which, by the way, most of us would be very content to do. If it's private, it's, it's your business. I'm not going to make it my business. 
But nowadays, just trying to live our lives also includes and police your speech and use women's bathrooms and shelters and prisons and dominate their sports and call you cis and bleeders and chest feeders and people with uteruses and people with penises and birthing people and abolish the words mother and father and pretend that sex is assigned at birth rather than observed and to force your kids to validate our identity at school or face disciplinary action and pressure you to put pronouns in your bio to normalize when we do it and declare that women have penises and men can get pregnant and declare that men can be lesbians and kick actual lesbians off of dating apps and out of lesbian spaces for not agreeing and teach kids biological sex isn't real and have kids at adult drag shows and drag queens in schools and at children's story time and tell the kids they may have been born in the wrong body and give your kids new names and genders at school without telling you and take kids away from parents who don't agree that they, their kids were born in the wrong body and give cross-sex hormones to any kid who's unhappy with their sex and force taxpayers and insurance customers to pay for cosmetic surgeries and call you a bigot and a transphobe and get you fired from your job and canceled from every aspect of life if you have a problem with any of our demands. If you ever mention our old name or if you refer to us by the, by the correct pronouns for our sex, we will tell your kids, you know, or, and, and we'll tell your kids rather that, we, that you don't love them unless you agree they were born in the wrong body. This is happening. This is like legitimately taking place. And we're supposed to pretend, I, what's that? Off in the distance, I can hear Jim Jones. There's no evidence. Nobody's shown any evidence that that stuff exists. I don't know. That's a pretty comprehensive list. I don't think it just came from someone's imagination. And, and and again, our corporate media carries the torch for this. Anyone who questions it, what's the word? They're extreme. How extreme for you to believe that uh, reality is men and women are different. They play a complementary role. It requires men and women to procreate, to perpetuate the human race. The most stable environment that a kid is going to find is in a home that includes a loving mother and father committed to one another for life. But we're supposed to pretend that's extreme. What a horribly non-inclusive way of looking at the world. And yet it's the pattern that you can find in virtually every civilization, large or small, primitive or advanced, throughout the history of mankind. Something tells me that maybe, just maybe, all of these journalists aren't playing straight with the truth. So I'll leave you with a thought here from Michael Malice. The battle is won when the average American regards a corporate journalist exactly as they regard a tobacco executive. That's got a nice ring to it. And I think that it's, you know, as, as a matter of just staying in touch with reality, that's something most of us should probably consider embracing. I'm not saying you need to throw garbage at these journalists as they're walking down the street. Life, life is probably hard enough, you know, for, for some of them. But don't give your allegiance to people whose job is to mislead you or to prevent you from seeing the truth. This is where you got to be brave and you got to be dogged enough to go after it yourself and figure it out. I'm Brian Hyde, and this is Nowhere to Hide. Are biased, the Idaho Press Club are biased, all media, newspaper, radio. To be completely blunt here, Brian, and there are plans to expand indoctrination. That's right. Well, Idahoans are also concerned. Horror shot. That line would be moving a little bit farther west. I'm like crying. Nobody wants to Dark see. Dark money is influencing policy in our state. Well, that's not how this works.